Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. Over the next several weeks, Chris will bring you the top experts in fitness, health, and nutrition in the Your Health is Your Wealth interview series. Christine's mission for the supportive offering is to inspire you to develop the mindset it takes to be fit and healthy for the rest of your lifetime. Listen in and discover why your health is truly your greatest wealth. And now, Christine Carlson. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. I am so excited to share this podcast with you today. It's part of our Health, Your Health is Your Wealth series. But first, before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, if you just sit comfortably in your chair with your head upright and your spine aligned, and if you're driving, just pay attention to the road. This is merely meant to be a breathing, calming, relaxing exercise. So if you can, close your eyes and just begin to breathe with me and breathe very deeply in through your nose. And as you do so, allow your chest and your belly to expand. And as you exhale, just let go of your shoulders, arms, your hands be heavy on your lap. Let your whole body relax. And as you breathe in, breathe in sunlight to every cell of your being, filling your whole body, your whole mind, everything up with sunlight. And as you exhale, let go of tension, go of anxiety, let go of fear, let go of anything you're holding on to. And as you breathe in again, breathe in love. Fill your whole body with pure, yummy love. And as you exhale, let go of fear. And this time, as you take a deep breath in, place your hand on your heart, activating your heart, opening your heart and be present to whatever you feel grateful for. Think of a person, a conversation, a place, something you feel incredibly grateful for and just hang there for a moment. And as you breathe in, take another deep breath in and exhale and open your eyes. So I am so excited about this series. You know, I decided that what I'm really most focused on at this stage and this month and this part of my life is creating optimal health. You know, I'm 52, I'm going through menopause, I'm almost through and I, you know, I really want to know all that I can know and and do everything that I can. And let's face it, you know, you're 52, you've been through some stuff, you know, I've gone through some shit. <laughs> I've, I've had the adrenal fatigue for a lot of different reasons. I've had a lot of stress in my life, just like you have, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And, and I want to self-correct before my body does its own thing and does something that 
I don't want it to do. I don't want my body to betray me, you know? So I want to do and give my body everything that it needs in order to be at optimal health. And so I have a very special guest speaker today, and quite honestly, didn't even know how special she was till I opened her book today. <laughs> and I'm so excited to share her with you because this is going to be quite a treat and such um, a perfect reminder of so much I've been writing about in my blog lately about when something happens to us, you know, rather than look at it like the worst thing in the world, we can often say, you know, what is this here to wake me up to? And she definitely has this whole, this is a part of her whole thing, and, and I'm going to introduce her right now. Her name is Dr. Trupti Gokhani, and she'll probably correct me if I said that wrong. <laughs> Did I say that wrong? That was perfect. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Trupti Gokhani is an award-winning board-certified neurologist best known for her innovative and integrative approach to treating headache pain. Her unique melding of modern medicine and ancient wisdom has enabled her to establish a thriving private practice along Chicago's North Shore, where her patients seek her insights as an Ayurvedic neurologist coach, optimal mind coach, who heals the head by healing the mind and body. Dr. Gokhani is the founder of the North Shore Headache Clinic and the Zira Mind and Body Center. So I'm going to repeat her website a couple of different times and so you can write this down. Her website is www.ziramindandbody.com. Dr. Gokhani is, sought at, is a sought-after trainer and speaker, having lectured extensively in the field of neurology and psychiatry, specifically regarding headaches, mood disorders, insomnia, adrenal fatigue, hello, I know that one, hormonal issues, I know that one too, and adult attention deficit disorder, and I probably have that as well. <laughs> she has spoken at the American Headache Society, the Midwest Pain Society, the American Academy of Neurology, and the American, the American Psychiatric Society. Her work on topics ranging from Botox efficacy and safety to the prevalence of bipolar disorder in cluster headache patients has been published in such esteemed journals as the American Journal of Pain Management. She's also published articles pertaining to food allergies and headaches, along with the Ayurvedic approach to migraine in the well-regarded Journal of Headache. Dr. Kokani's special interests include Ayurvedic mind-body types, women's issues and headaches, yoga as a treatment modality, nutrition and pain, adrenal fatigue, stress, the gut-brain connection, insomnia, and, and emerging non-traditional approaches to headache management. In support of patients whose health issues can be effectively addressed through the incorporation of high-quality herbs and nutrients in their diets, she developed a line of supplements that provides, com, provide combinations and concentrations of supportive nutrients not available elsewhere in the market. When not in the clinic, working one -on -one, she's working one-on-one -on -one with patients whose complaints range from debilitating migraines to chronic fatigue. Dr. Gokhani dedicates her time and significant insights to helping the wider community understand the purpose of their pain and how to heal themselves through a deeper appreciation of the mind-body connection. Dr. Gokhani was recently featured on the Dr. Oz Show, is contributing to a health documentary that will be released early in 2016, and recently released her new book, 
The Mysterious Mind, How to Use Ancient Wisdom and Modern Science to Heal Your Headaches and Reclaim Your Health. And that's available on Amazon. Dr. Trupti Gokhani earned her medical degree from the University of Illinois at Chicago, where she also completed her training in neurology, was chief resident, and pursued additional postdoctoral training and certification as a master clinical psychopharmacologist. (laughs) She has continued medicine, clinical psychopharmacology, and transcendental meditation. She is certified by the American Board of Neurology and Psychiatry and is licensed to practice in Illinois and California. And again, you can find out more about her at www.ziramindandbody.com. Welcome, Dr. Trupti. How are you today? Hello, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. I am fabulous today. Thank you. Oh my gosh. We are so, we have so much to talk about. So, Let's just dive right in and, you know, I'm just first going to ask you, because we've talked so much about your story and your bio here, but what a wide range, you know, what a really rich education you have and it must be driven by just some very innate passion in you. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, thank you for saying that and it's been a journey, you know, for all of us, we, we go through these journeys and, you know, initially I... Very, very early on in my life, I was kind of trained to believe that you don't take life for granted. You you do what you can to be productive and to really give back as much as possible. And so as I was an immigrant family, came from an immigrant family, we were kicked out of Africa, um, East Africa. And as uh, I grew up in Chicago, I was really motivated by the field of science and health. And my dad was a physician. And I thought the right thing to do was really to become a traditional kind of Western physician and that was kind of the initial passion was to get into medical school and be the best doctor I could be you know yeah and that was the, that, that kind of thing to do and I was I'm Indian so it was really you know really kind of wise thing as an Indian family to kind of go into medicine because it was safe and secure and quite honestly I loved health and I love science you know and so I, I kind of went into it first at that kind of with that passion really to do well in medical school and then after I kind of finished medical school I actually went through some real soul-searching times. Quite honestly, I suffered with severe insomnia. Oh, wow. And I kind of woke up. You said earlier about these moments where you just wake up. And I was really suffering. And to be honest with you, I sought out the more traditional allopathic approach because that's what I knew, the Western medications. You mean like, and, like Ambien and those kinds of things? Oh, boy. Yeah, I've got, I've got Ambien, some, heard some Ambien. stories about Ambien. <laughs> Well, can I tell you my story about Ambien? Yeah. <laughs> I took Ambien, and I'm telling you, one dose of Ambien, I took it late late at night, about midnight, when that was not supposed to be the time you take it. You're supposed to give yourself at least eight hours of sleep before you take that strong sleep med. And I had been up at 5 o'clock in the morning to get to one of um, my, my programs that morning, and I got into not one but two car accidents. Oh, no. On Ambien. Somehow I survived, and I told myself, Okay, this isn't a spiritual intervention. I don't know what that is. You know, yeah, that that's like a wake up call. That's a true wake up call. Trying to go to sleep and then you have to wake up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was a, like an adrenal stressor. Talking about adrenal fatigue. Like that's one of my main adrenal stressors was getting into that accident and then realizing what am I going to do? You know, and so with that kind of initial moment, I decided to explore Eastern medicine, and so that began my pursuit down that path of Eastern medicine. 
as I started reading books and starting how to sleep better using non-medication tools. And that's how it all began. Well, so since we're talking about sleep, and I'm sure so many of our listeners are now very curious, what are what are some of the, like, I know you can't go into complete detail about it, but what are some of the sleep things that you've discovered that, that helped you get off of the um, Ambien and the other, you know, prescription drugs and onto a more natural way? Because I, I actually, you know, after Richard died, I had quite a few sleep issues and just from post-traumatic stress and... I um, I did a lot of neurofeedback um, because my brain was all messed up. It thought that day was night and night was day, and yeah. And then I I also take um, this stuff called Power Sleep that I get at Whole Foods. It's got like melatonin and um, it's got like the all the 5-HTP and the you know just all the different herb combinations. And it and it doesn't leave me feeling hungover in the morning, but I take two every night. Is that a good thing? That's absolutely fantastic. You know, what's interesting is serotonin actually turns into melatonin at bedtime. Once we have that dark, you know, the, the, the daylight kind of shift pattern where it becomes darker out, our kind of the sensor, the receptors in the pineal gland kind of signal, okay, it's time to kind of convert the serotonin to melatonin and it helps us fall asleep. The challenge is, and I think that's great that you're doing that, I think the challenge with sleep and kind of my journey was not really understanding the adrenal component to it. Right. You know, I didn't know anything about stress at that time. I didn't. I didn't know. When I say I don't know, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have a connection with what stress felt like in the physical and emotional body. So when I was experiencing stress, and I was asked, "Are you stressed?" I would say, "No, I'm not stressed." And yet I look back, and I was beyond stressed. Right. But I didn't know what that meant, and I didn't know how to address it. And so what really helped me to get my sleep restored was to understand this Ayurvedic language, which is understanding your mind-body type, and how I, in my food, in my lifestyle, in everything I did in terms of my friends that I hung out with, how I pushed myself out of my natural doshic, which is your mind-body state. And what I was doing proactively to get myself to be so driven adrenally into a stressed state during the day and thus leading to the insomnia at bedtime. So I had to first start by connecting with me and connecting with the fact that I was stressed and how that manifested based on my kind of imbalance from my mind-body kind of state. And so learning those three doshic states, which we can get into, helped me understand more about me and get myself connected. Yeah, I'm sure let's do get into that because it isn't a typical conversation, but I know people will really want to know about it because it's, again, it's that Ayurvedic healing. And and we may have been hearing a lot, you know, through yoga, Ayurvedic, you know, all these different things, but let's go ahead and talk about those three doshic states. Sure. So, you know, the, the basic premise of Ayurveda being five to 6,000 years in origin, it was known to be, a, really believed to be one of the first systems of healing known to mankind. And when you look at Ayurveda, Ayur actually means life and Veda is wisdom. So it's the wisdom oh, of life, the wisdom wow. of living. And it's really practical and almost so, um, it makes so much sense. It's it, it, it's so, so simple and yet so profound. And the basic concept with this ancient science is that all of us are made up of, of five elements, air, space, fire, earth, and water. And some of us are born with more of the air and space elements, and that gives us more of a vata, V-A-T-A, vata nature. Some have more fire and water elements, and that gives us more of a pitta, P-I-T-T-A, nature. And some have more 
earth and water elements, and that gives us more of a kapha, K-A-P-H-A, nature. So you could be a vata, a pitta, or kapha at birth, and many of us are two doshas. And one is a dominating dosha, like a vata, and then we have a second dosha, be it pitta, that is our secondary dosha. And the reality in life is we're supposed to live in accordance to our nature. And once we start to live outside of our nature, we start to get imbalance, and that means stress. Aha. Uh -huh. so, so tell us how we determine what we are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it gets tricky, but yet really fun, because it's an internal exploration. And, and that's lot. in your book? Yeah, we have chapters in the book. I have okay. a Vata chapter, a Pitta chapter, and Kapha chapter, because I go through a case I have, and I try to come up with a classic case in my practice and discuss how they presented, be it a Vata, Pitta, Kapha presentation, and then like just a few questions just to screen yourself to figure out, do you fit into more the Vata, the Pitta, or the Kapha, looking at your current symptoms. Because the reality is the best way to figure this out is just to ask yourself, number one, what am I struggling with the most right now? So let's just think about this vata dosha for a moment. So vata nature, a vata individual at birth, tends to be a smaller frame, tends to be one under stress that tends to lose a little weight versus gains weight, smaller structure to the physical body, a mover and goer. Think of wind. Think of the air and space elements creating a wind-like mind and a wind-like body moving, going, doing, you know, maybe you're someone that's very active and involved and always taking on different, you know, tasks and likes to be talkative and the life of the party, always chatting and talking and having fun, right? Mm -hmm. That's that Vata energy that we love. Too much of the wind can create symptoms and the wind symptoms can be something as like neck pain, tension, headache, tightness in your body. When wind blows through you, you feel cold and dry. So constipation, gas and bloating. Uh, feeling anxiety is a wind symptom. So thinking of your current symptoms can help you figure out which nature is out of balance because the truth is it's really hard to figure out your baseline because most of us are just a touch out of balance. Right. <laughs> so it's almost better to kind of get the imbalances down so you can get a better introspective sense of where should I be? I where do I kind of need to get to? Yeah. And the fire, when you think of fire, think of medium frame, medium build, kind of like more type A, detailed, organized, you know? Um, fire individuals tend to run hot, like fire. Uh, fire individuals tend to have like a sharper tone, maybe more direct language, uh, can be a little hot-headed, a little angry, you know? Mm -hmm. Where the Vata individual, think of the windy head, think of airheaded. That, you know, we kind of joke around and say, oh, she's a little airheaded or a little hot-headed. Gosh, I that, would have thought I was more pitta, but now after you describe the vada, I'm a little more vada, I think. <laughs> I think so, right? right? I'm definitely yeah. both of those two, for sure. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you something, a little secret. After 15 years of practicing, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, that all of us, to get our nature out of balance, we tend to collect wind first. So oh. what I'm getting at, we tend to pick up the wind element, even if it's not our kind of natural state. Because wind tends to be something that this Western society, we're always moving, going, connected to technology, tends to get out of balance first. I see. So everyone connects with wind. I was like, oh gosh, I almost feel like that's a little bit of me. And that's probably a little bit of all of America. That's probably <laughs> so true. You know, and, and so, you know, when you, when you think about this um, fire, think of the fiery kind of person being kind of more driven, more detailed. Think about how you were when you're younger. 
you know, what was my, what was I like when I was a kid? You know, was I just kind of one of those that just loved to kind of run around, have a bunch of friends and talking, going, always involved in everything? Or did I, you know, kind of choose a little bit maybe of a smaller circle, but I tend to be kind of the leader. I tend to like to take leading positions, you know, that's more fire. Or was I the one that just was really one-on-one? -on -one? That's the kapha nature, more kind of bigger frame, bigger bone structure, tend to be the one that would gain weight a little bit more easily. A little bit more the relaxed side. People may have called me a little lazy. That's more the kapha. And kaphas tend to just like one or two friends. And they're kind of quieter, more introspective, not so talkative. So it's always helpful to think back to where you were when you were younger. And then that helps you dictate what your natural state. And also think back to when did I, how, when did I feel most optimal? When was I that optimal me? And what was my life like then? You know, when I was my optimal me, did I get to bed by 10 p.m.? And did I have just a certain circle of friends and a certain kind of job that I had that probably was allowing me to be in my most kind of authentic state because I was pretty asymptomatic then? Right. And if I started to get out of balance, hmm, what did I start doing? So you'll hear, like, my patients will tell me, you know, as soon as I took on that job as an attorney, you know, I was working <laughs> long hours and I was fighting cases and I started to get reflux. That's a heat symptom. Oh, I see. You have to kind of almost go backwards and then start to kind of – I love going from day one, to be honest with you. I always ask my patients, tell me about birth history. Tell me about – There's and they're surprised. Do you, you really want me to tell you? I said, yes, give me the entire story. They assume I want them to talk about their migraines because that's my main focus. But I actually want to know what happened way before the migraines began. What was your gut like? What was your digestion like? What, was your, what were your moods like? You know, And then that will paint the picture for me because then I start to see when things start to shift. And how they got pushed out of, out of balance and what they were doing that pushed them. It could have been a marriage to someone that didn't, wasn't the right person for them, you know? Right. And, and all these things help us build the case. So what about, um, you know, because like both of my daughters have suffered with migraines with their menstrual cycle at different times. They probably would hate it that I just said that on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, but just using them as an example because they're yeah. the closest example to me. I mean, I've never really, I probably had like a headache when I've had a really high fever. I'm not a headache person, barely ever have headaches, but... Um, but my family has headaches, and so you know, and I and I've always been curious about that, and they always seem kind of tied to their um, their menstrual cycle. Yeah, really, really common that we see in, in our practice this menstrually associated migraine, you know, or headaches or PMDD, you know, the dysphoric disorder, all linked to these hormonal shifts, right? And so, mm -hmm. the way I would love to give you a really simple, you know, Western allopathic, it's just this. And I've learned the really hard way. <laughs> it's not just one thing. But the big picture is this, is that when you look at why migraines or any kind of headaches or mood disorders happen around cycles, it's a couple of things. Number one, it's typically triggered by an imbalance ratio between estrogen to progesterone. Right. And what we're finding is it's that progesterone drop and progesterone in ratio to estrogen Progesterone is a lot lower than the estrogen, and it triggers something called estrogen dominance. You're probably familiar with that. Yeah. And estrogen dominance kind of excites the nervous system, and it kind of activates those glutamate receptors in the brain and can trigger a migraine. And the big question is, well, is it that hormone imbalance alone? And unfortunately, it's not just that. 
when we get estrogen imbalanced in terms of our progesterone ratio, we have we kind of our body sees more estrogen than progesterone because the ratios are off. What typically happens is we start to shift our microbiome. The gut bacteria starts to shift. We start to drop in terms of serotonin production. So when people use things like progesterone to help menstrual migraines, or they'll use a little serotonin booster for PMDD and and a lot of headache doctors use Prozac to help with headaches you know or when you use like probiotics to help with that it's because you can kind of address it using hormone balancing neurotransmitter balancing and gut balancing but the big question I want to ask your daughters and everyone that has these menstrual associated migraines is how are their how's their stress level mm. because very often when you make cortisol you need progesterone to make cortisol so a lot of my patients, what's happening, the reason they are estrogen dominant is because they're using their progesterone to make cortisol because they're under stress. I see. You know, an easy way to fix it is just using things like ashwagandha, an herb that balances out the adrenals, a great adrenal adaptogen, right? And doing the yoga, doing the meditation, really helping kind of bring progesterone levels up naturally and kind of close that gap of estrogen dominance by bringing the stress level down without having to use so many fancy tools has been so helpful. Another nutrient is helpful is magnesium. Big, big. Oh, mess. yeah. Magnesium's yeah. really awesome, huh? I've been doing a lot of reading about magnesium lately. Great for menstrual migraines and for all migraine nerves. And I recommend it between 600, sometimes up to 1,200 milligrams. I would recommend some doctor supervision with this because it's a little bit higher dose. But magnesium actually works on, it blocks glutamate receptors, those same receptors that estrogen seems to activate. So it calms the nervous system down. And so these are just kind of nice things to add, magnesium, you know, all these things to kind of quiet the brain until you can get that balance back in. Yeah, know? that's great. That's really great. I loved what you said in your book about um, the mystery of the migraine. I want to – do you remember what it is? Oh, the mystery of the migraine. It says, yeah. migraine is a spiritual intervention from God. When we are afflicted with migraine, it is a sign that we have been too caught up in our worldly affairs and thus disconnected with ourselves and the rhythms of nature. I love that. And that was from... Dr. Laud, Vasant Laud, the Na Na National Ayurvedic Medical Association meeting. And I, I literally was in tears when he said that because right before that final statement, he gave the most beautiful two-hour presentation of migraine. And I had already been taking care of migraine patients for, for a few years. That was my first, first kind of uh, entry into the Ayurvedic approach to migraine mm. by that presentation by Vasant Lad, and he is one of the wisest, wisest Ayurvedic clinicians known. And what was so amazing is this concept of spiritual intervention. I thought, mm. seriously? I, a spiritual intervention from God? What, it, what does that really mean? And now I think about that, and I tell my patients, Literally, there is this energetic force shaking you when you're in severe pain to wake up yeah. and to change your life and to make some really big, you know, kind of connections between that pain and what's going on and what you've done to almost allow the pain to manifest. And not everyone has the knowledge and it's okay to say, I don't know where to go, but just be willing to go there, be willing to do a little work and some introspection. And... Ayurveda really gives a lot of answers to this. And that's the thing is as long as we start connecting with ourselves, we'll start to make the right lifestyle changes. You know, I had a patient come in last week. This is a classic example of this kind of wake up. You know, she's had severe migraines for 10 years, you know. And what she does as a form of kind of her, kind of her health lifestyle, kind of take care of me, self-care routine, she says, I make sure every day I work out. 
and I work out at noon between 12 to 1. And she's like, you'd be really proud of me because I know you're a big yoga fan. I do hot yoga. So if you understand the Ayurvedic principles and what she was getting is severe migraines in the afternoon, about three to four times a week where she was taking a strong medication for these, for these migraines. And I think she's getting to rebound, you know, from the medications because she's getting used to them. And she wanted to get the root cause of why these were happening. And I said, let's just think about this lifestyle principle that you think is really healthy. Okay. And she had read the book before she came in. And I said, sweetie, you know, you're fire. You're all fire. Cause she's just really intense. Her job is really intense. Her exercise routine is only adding more fire because when you work out when the sun is at its peak which is between 10 and 2 that's when you're supposed to be if anything eating your biggest meal ah. lunch is supposed to be right during that time she was skipping lunch working out and having a snack later and all she was doing between 10 and 2 was creating more fire more fire and right it's like a bear was chasing her during the lunch hour right yeah and then doing hot yoga to boot <laughs> <laughs> and she's so she was just adding more fire and so when she just got that principle that wow all I know is fire my on time and my off time are all fire 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 let me bring the fire down by first and foremost feeding that agni that digestive fire during lunchtime is asking for food nourish yourself give yourself some food don't work out during that time and what I had her do is I had her do some restorative yoga every night when she got home because she couldn't do it in the morning but she did every night when she got home about a half hour 45 minutes of restorative yoga lots of breathing really calm really gentle and of course the number one concern is I'm gonna gain weight if I don't do my hot yoga I'm gonna gain weight I mean it was amazing and so what you'll find is this patients I have so many of them like this they tend to actually not gain weight. If anything, they may even lose weight or even stay stable, you know, and their migraines start to drift away. Wow. And it's something that is so beautiful to see because it was just one lifestyle change, but a really crucial one that brings that nature into balance. Wow, yeah, that was a great example. That's when you think something's really healthy for you, but it's actually doing more damage than good. That's, that's, we probably all have habits and things that we've, designed in our lives that we think are really good for us. Yes, right. And we're told, eat salads. Salads are great for you, you know, but salads are cold and dry. And if you're Vata excitable, which I mentioned, everybody's got a little excitable energy to them, then actually salads can increase that excitable nature. And I've noticed that if I have salads, because I usually do warm and cooked foods, because that's actually really calming to the Vata energy. It brings it down. Anything grounding, cooked and warm, warm teas, warm soups, really good to bring the excitable nature down. The moment I have salad, I can feel myself get a little excitable. And I think you can train yourself to be so connected with your nature to know when you get yourself out of balance, you know? Yeah, interesting. You know, and so it's that that part of it is really fascinating. And then the p mind part of it, because I know you're so into the, the mind behind it all is to me and uh, what's fascinating learning and that that, you know, that quote by Vasant Lad is that disconnection with your emotional body, right. not just the physical body. It's so many of us. Uh, myself included, I'm working on it, is trying to connect with my emotional body, trying to connect that stress I was telling you I was so disconnected from, is I, I think so many of my patients, because they're in so much pain, they become really good at blocking their pain. Yeah. You know, and so they block their emotions too, and unfortunately that just worsens disease, you know? Yeah, I, I know I didn't really learn about true like the whole mind, body, and spiritual connection to my emotions until I was in really deep grief. And then when I was in really deep grief, 
it, I found that because I didn't really know what grief was and I didn't really know how to express it, I found that my body actually was my best teacher and showed me exactly how to express grief because I would start to realize, oh, I, I'm not crying enough or I'm not allowing enough release. And then my stomach would just start to really hurt. And so I would cry and then suddenly my stomach would feel better, you know? <laughs> I mean, so, so simple, but that's what I started to, I started to notice all of these different clues in my body and would listen to my body in order to lead me really through my grieving pattern and how to release it. Yeah. And I think it's such a beautiful story you just shared. And I think this is the challenge because I see patients that are chronic migraineurs. They've had migraine, many of them 15 days or more per month. Oh my gosh. And for many years. Oh, and what wow. happens, oh gosh, Christine, what happens is they get so disconnected. I love them dearly, but they've become so disconnected. And it's so hard to just, when I say to them, something as simple as why didn't you take the medication I prescribed when the headache was a level three or four? Why did you wait for it to get to eight or nine out of 10? When it doesn't work as well then? So many of them say this to me, it just happens and I'm not even realizing. Yeah. And by the time I take something, it's too late. And it's about disconnection, right? Right. It's, and then I ask them, well, what even triggered the event? What was happening the day or weeks before? Were you starting to get more angry about something in your life? Were you starting to hold resentment? Were you starting to worry about anything? Was there fear about your son going to college? What built up to that? So let alone a, a connecting to the physical, like you said, but it's like connecting to the emotional because we all know that you know the emotions in the physical body are just kind of kind of going back and forth and, and communicating with each other. And like you said, sometimes the physical symptoms actually are a manifestation, of course, of the emotional mind. And if we don't notice the emotions, we'll get the physical symptoms to give us that kind of wake-up call, right? Right. And um, it's this interplay, which I think is fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I sure I sure found it very fascinating. And I, like I said, I never really – I mean, I – I had done a lot of reading and stuff, but I didn't know that I was disconnected from my body until I went through that process. And then I became very so connected that it showed me the disconnect that I had always experienced prior. Exactly. And that's why when someone does a dosha quiz, the number one, I think, challenge with doing a dosha quiz, you know, I have patients do the quiz before they come into my clinic visit and have them read the book beforehand, it's just so they're kind of well-versed on the topic. And so many of them come in and they say to me, I have no idea. I feel like I'm all three of what you just mentioned, a little vata, a little pizza, a little kapha, and I don't even know where to begin. And so my journey with them is just to let them know the science is out there, let them know that there's this concept of getting connected with yourself and just start to work really slowly to kind of nudge away at where the imbalance is, bring them slowly and slowly closer to that authentic state because eventually we get so close that it's right there. And that's when your body goes into harmony and that's when your physical body feels awesome. You know, your mind is optimal, you're sharp, you're clear, you're energetic and your physical body can do anything you want it to. And, and I want every patient to feel that. And it's really doable. And I feel like the disease that we're seeing all over the U.S. and around the world is really a disease of the mind and this disconnection. And so that's why I love your work and everything you're doing because this oh, is what you. we need. More than all the pharmaceuticals, and I speak for pharma companies, I still am a Western doctor that prescribes medications, but I think your work is truly the work we need to have more of out there. Oh, and thank you. Absolutely. Well, um, 
One thing was occurring to me, do you work with people via Skype? Will you do you do like um Skype sessions with people or do you not have time for that anymore? <laughs> so let's see, I, you know, honestly I'm I'm booked out about 3 4 months. I'm trying to figure out a new system. I love individual one-on-one -on -one care. I think one challenge I'm having is there are very few providers that are trained in using the Eastern tools with the Western and so I'm considering, I've done a few Skype calls, you know, and then what I'm realizing is I'm probably going to need to bridge it and do more either group or kind of yeah. and programs where we're getting a lot of information out to a bunch of people and then kind of individually kind of adjusting where we need to adjust. Because the great thing is a lot of the principles apply to most conditions. You know, when I say lunch is your biggest meal, that applies to pretty much any condition. And so any fire condition, anyone that has a lot of fire symptoms would most benefit, but everyone would benefit from having that. So uh, I'm trying to look at innovative ways to kind of share the message and still be a doctor too, you know, because yeah. I know people want that one-on-one, -on -one, um, but I am seeing that I am, which is beautiful, using less medications, using less of these tools. I am, I came from a practice, just to say one thing, my first practice 15 years ago was in a clinic where I was prescribing methadone. Oh, Wow. Can you believe that? I was prescribing narcotics like they were going out of style, you know, and anti-inflammatories because it was a chronic pain clinic, you know, and all these patients were coming in, help me, help me, help me get out of pain. And I was being told, don't under-treat the pain. Make sure you treat the pain aggressively and treat it well. And I, did, I felt that was my service is to make sure I got rid of the pain. But at the, you know, unfortunate, you know, the the, the what the outcome was is patients started to become dependent on the medications and get secondary side effects, digestive side effects and cognitive side effects from the medication that was being given to treat their pain. And I know you've heard that story probably so many times, but to see that and then to see where I am now and the same pool of patients, but using all these approaches has allowed me to not use all those short acting strong medications. Oh, I love and that. And patients are getting better and better. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Wow. Well, Let's see, what else can we talk about? What are your what what would you like to end for our listeners? Any tips that you'd like to give them? Anything that we haven't covered that you would really like to give them? I know this is just a very broad brushstroke conversation. Sure. And again, you have to pick up this book, The Mysterious Mind, How to Use Ancient Wisdom and Modern Science to Heal Your Headaches and Reclaim Your Health. It's wonderful and it has all the dosha conversation in it. It has your quiz in it, is that right? That is correct. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think what I'd like to share is really this concept of, of, of getting yourself emotionally and physically motivated to, to get your, kind of to get your ability of, 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 of connection, of your ability of recognition of your symptoms so fine-tuned so then you can have the power to prevent disease. There's this whole notion of epigenetics, the idea that we don't have to be the same genetics as our parents. Just because mom had high blood pressure and dad had cancer, does that mean we have to have those things? Absolutely not. So if we can look at our own genetics and say, wow, we have the power by connecting with our natural authentic state to prevent genetics from manifesting, 
wow, shouldn't we do everything we can to, to really prevent that from happening? And science, this ancient science is out there. It may seem a little bit kind of out of the box. It may seem just so um, challenging to embrace. But quite honestly, once you just read a little bit about it, learn a little bit about this idea of how you can use foods and how you can use these basic principles of yoga and, and breathing and natural supplements to balance yourself, you will start to get so connected to a point that disease really just won't be able to happen. You can actually prevent it. So take it one step at a time. I would say to everyone, start with your mind first. There's nothing more important than making sure you're connected with your mind and your state. I go through the Vata mind state, which is an excitable, maybe anxious, almost ADD-like state, or the Pitta fire state, which is angry and irritable, or maybe the Kapha depressed kind of state. Figure out where's my state now, what can I do? What's kind of keeping me in that mind state? And then in terms of physical body, start with your digestion. Really simple. Just, just kind of pay attention to your digestion. And what can you do to strengthen it? Actually, one thing that's a free giveaway with anyone that buys the book is there's a free cookbook. I didn't mention that to you, Christina. The oh, very cool. last page. Oh, cool. yeah, the very last page of the book. It's going to be a separate book. And I was like, ah, just give it away. So it's a free cookbook. It's the last page of the book. And it's 50 pages of using food to balance your mind and body. So which spices? Like, how, you know, when do you use turmeric? When do you use cumin? Is coriander good for you or not good for you? How about red tomatoes? You know, I go through what each food does and how it can balance your physical body and your mind. So starting with gut, making the right foods, and then those adrenals start to come back and the hormones start to come back naturally because you're working on your mind and your gut. And I think if you just kind of allow yourself to slowly go there, we can really reverse disease, and stress really is the number one cause for disease to manifest. So stress, in my kind of in my eyes, is a disconnection with ourselves. So just start connecting. Nice. <laughs> I love also that you're um, that you practice TM. I practice TM as well. So beautiful? TM has been an amazing tool for me. I mean, I just really discovered it a couple of years ago. Even though I had meditated my whole adult life, I had never practiced TM. And it's the simplest form of meditation that you can possibly practice. I mean, honestly, it's way simpler than trying not to think. <laughs> And I also, I always recommend um, Deepak Chopra's 21-day meditation thing. I've been doing that just as a little adjunct lately, and I've been sending that out to all my, my favorite people, just saying, you need to sign up for this. This is so fun. <laughs> yes, and I've got to give Deepak Chopra some, some credit here. His book, Restful Sleep. I want to say this, his book, Restful Sleep, was the book that I read oh, cool. when I was in my medical school training and I had severe insomnia. And one of his really nice principles in the book was a concept that I still remember to this day of just lying down in your bed and saying, I am relaxed, mm. I am calm. A little simple mantra, I am calm, I am relaxed. Every other book was telling me, get out of bed. You can't be in bed more than 10 minutes, otherwise you'll start getting anxiety. You know. Oh. And his book was so refreshing because it said, lay in your bed and just relax. And he has a bunch of other really great principles in there, so a great book to look at. Oh, nice. Well, thank you, thank you. And our time is up, and I just want to say thank you so much. This was such a wonderful conversation, and I know that everyone who has listened is just going to completely love it and be completely piqued their curiosity. So be sure to um, visit Dr. Trupti 
at www.ziramindandbody.com. That's Z-I-R-A mindandbody.com. And thank you so much. It's been wonderful to meet you and speak with you and, um, and share what your message is with um, this podcast. So thanks. Oh, Christine, thank you. I feel so incredibly honored that you had me on this podcast series. And really, I'm so happy you're doing the work you're doing. Please keep it up for all of us Western physicians also. We need you out there. Oh, thank you. I will. I will. I love what I'm doing, too. It's really a lot of fun for me. So thank you. And come back and listen again. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Chris invites you to join her for the brand new What Now program, a six-week offering carefully designed to take you on your own unique journey through life-altering transition and lead you to self-discovery and your most vibrant life. Receive access to powerful audio teachings, an in-depth workbook, and deeply valuable insights on passion and joy from a beloved teacher. Visit ChristineCarlson.com to learn more about how you can be part of the What Now program.